You're listening to the Mind Manual Podcast, Episode 38, Preparing Your Mind for a Promotion at Work. If you want a particular result in your life, but you're unable to get it, tune in to start training your brain and expanding your emotional intelligence to unlock the most powerful and underutilized performance tool that we have. It's the most important work you could do because it affects every area of your life. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today we're taking a look at how our mind can either prepare us for that next level at work or disempower us to stay in our corner, hoping that we don't get that call to become the next leader. I was on a trip recently with my sister and her husband, and he's the manager of 12 large supermarket stores, and we were discussing the problem he had in finding people to recruit in a manager's position within a department of the store, such as the fruit and veggie manager. Apart from the lack of external interest in this middle management role, he commented on the lack of interest there was from current employees who were not wanting to upskill or accept any more responsibility that would typically come with a promotion. He had actually identified what he thought was the right article in someone who was honest and hardworking that he could guide into that position. But as soon as he presented them with this, they shut it down even in the face of a 250% pay increase and a trial period. And if it didn't work, she could return to her current position. So in other words, there was no downside. So why do we do this to ourselves? There are a few reasons, some of which we're going to explore here, starting with the concept of failing ahead of time and the perception of the role in it being a burden that only brings stress, headaches and heartache whenever we are called to do hard things, in having difficult conversations, in possibly having to go against the flow of the majority that will now report to you, and being excluded that you're not one of them, or in finding that you may not be capable of everything all at once, and the process of building the skills and capacity is just too painful to bear because of what we go and make that all mean, when the expectations and judgments that we place on ourselves are a breeding ground for self-criticism and self-loathing. And if that's not enough, we go and project that out onto everyone else. We think others are seeing it the same way we do. So it ends up being the world against me, including myself, and to the primal brain, that represents death. So there's no amount of money that could entice us to go and throw ourselves under the bus. This is the condition of the human mind. We come pre-installed with this default program of wanting to stay alive. And the only way it knows how, if it's not being supervised by our higher thinking brain, is to move away from pain, conserve energy and seek pleasure. But we can overcome these tendencies and expand our life by managing the way we think about everything, the way we perceive the tasks, the deadlines and performance goals we're assigned to in the workplace, and the process of achieving them is ultimately going to determine our experience of them. It will be the difference between someone who would never consider the possibility of elevating themselves into a higher position at work and those that are interested in expanding themselves and seeing what's possible. 
everyone has a responsibility or a task that they deem tedious or at the other end, very challenging. The approach we take towards these tasks will determine our experience of them. Many people think that it's their job's role to entertain us, to make it fun. So when they get bored with their job, they think the problem is the type of work they're doing or even the people that they're working with. When we hold our job or other people responsible for the emotions driving us, it completely disempowers us and puts us in a position where we have to keep changing the circumstance to try and control the way we feel. But it never usually works that way, not for too long, because people won't do it right and the job that you've mastered has now been put on autopilot and you don't see the point of going around in circles in a holding pattern and very quickly you lose interest in the routine and the shine has completely rubbed off so you listlessly turn to the job vacancy page and you're caught between your comfortable corner of certainty and the fear of the unknown. What I want to propose is that it's always on us to create whatever feeling we want to have. Our mind is always choosing the perception or perspective about something. And for the most part, it's just doing it without your conscious awareness. But we are always creating our experience of something with the thoughts that go along with a particular situation and the meaning we assign to it. This cognitive process is what triggers the release of specific mix of neurotransmitters that is associated with each emotion. So if we're bored at work or with a certain thing or challenged and stretched beyond what we think we are capable of doing and stressed out all the time, and this becomes your narrative about your situation, we think we're just broadcasting the news. We think that they're just the facts of the situation, which is never the case. What we are really doing is expressing our thoughts about a particular perspective. And when we lift the veil of a fixed mindset about something and open up to a whole new interpretation of how we could think about it, how we could interact with it, and how we could show up despite whatever anyone else is doing, and how they are being, we open up to the possibility of choosing to create a very different experience of it based on a very different perspective about it. So if I'm feeling bored with something, I could choose to be a bit more playful with it, create my own fun. I could gamify it with a friend and turn the mundane into a challenge with milestones and rewards for the winner. I could introduce theme days, for instance, Motivation Mondays, where you set new goals, or Feel Good Fridays, where you wear your favourite outfit and treat yourself and some friends out for lunch. You could connect with colleagues and set up some social interactions that you can do as a group. Or you could take on some additional projects and stretch yourself in learning something new. You could use breaks as a time for a mini-adventure and mix it up with some exercise or a mindfulness meditation session. We are the creator of what we want our experience to be, which is always independent of the circumstance. 
The same applies in the instance where you might be experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety along with the pressure of performance and responsibility at work. So what is often happening is that we have this huge, heavy attachment to the outcome. We think in order to feel good about any of it, we need to wait until we can produce the end result, often to perfection. As if to say, the only way I can enjoy this experience or have any fun with it is once I master it. But life isn't like that. None of us necessarily know the how ahead of time. It's why most people never start. They never follow the path of their dreams. They think they need to know all the details and know-how before they could ever make a start. And if they did dare to start, the first obstacle is likely to knock them off this path. Take a look at anything new that has ever been invented. Do you think they all waited to know exactly how they were going to figure it out before they even made a start? How would they know if it doesn't exist? And what is it about business where you could take a very successful blueprint and step-by-step process that someone has laid out for you perfectly in as much detail as you could ever want? Yet that doesn't necessarily equate to success. People are selling their step-by-step formulas to all sorts of crazy successes that they've had but it doesn't necessarily translate to success for someone else. Why do you think that is? Each of us have our own personal style and way of figuring something out based on the unique qualities and traits that we bring to a situation. That includes what we want to align with and our reasons for doing so. One person's style of management might be completely different to another. One is not necessarily right and the other wrong. It basically comes down to what works and what serves the people involved and the business in a way that will yield good results and take them forward. We recently had the manager of the largest gold mine in the Southern Hemisphere produce the right results on paper, but he did so at the expense of morale throughout the entire workforce, a lack of maintenance throughout the mine or care and safety for the people. But none of that didn't really appear on the financial statements. He had basically brought everything to its knees. But on paper, it was all on track. This was a guy who had all the technical expertise and management experience, and yet he left a trail of destruction as he spent a whole career stepping off the sinking ship and on to another, just before anyone had wind of what was really going on. So the know-how isn't necessarily the critical piece to the puzzle here. What if we did treat the whole thing just like that, a puzzle, and you had some fun with it? We go and place so much pressure on ourselves and then imagine all the scary, terrible things that we make something mean if we don't go and accomplish the thing, that it takes all the fun out of it. We think that in order to get to work on something, that it's time to take it all very seriously, as if having fun with the work is not permitted. Most of that has been ingrained in us from a young age. Look at the school system. In order to control the masses, if anyone even looked like they were having fun or enjoying themselves, 
you would become a target for them to shut that down. Laughing in class while you worked was not permitted. Silence and seriousness was the order of the day. And it made the teacher's job a lot easier. But as soon as we become heavy and stressed and serious, we can no longer access our creativity in coming up with new and different ways of doing something that works better for everyone and produces a much better result all round. Instead, we're like, no, this is super important and this is my livelihood and this is for my family. There's so much of a grip on it that they don't even realise they're completely repelling all the success they want with this resistance. What if we took the serious part out of it all and just made it seriously fun? The more fun you have with it, the lighter you take it and the better you're going to be at it. So the first step is to change the narrative. Often the way we approach our tasks, especially in business, is with a mindset of seriousness and weight. By changing our perspective and seeing tasks as puzzles or games, we can lighten the emotional burden. Then we need to go and make it mandatory to have fun. Consider making fun a requirement in your work culture. By insisting on enjoying the journey, it becomes an integral part of the work ethic. Instead of just making the task fun, think about the overall intention of the goal. If the goal itself is perceived as fun, the tasks leading to it will also be approached with a more positive mindset. Think of a kid playing with Lego. They're focused and intent on building something great, but they're also having fun with each brick that they snap into place. So going back to the supermarket example I mentioned earlier, the person being asked to step up and become a manager of a department could see the intention of the goal as an exciting challenge in expanding their potential and experimenting with new and different ways to stretch their capacity and acquire new skills. You could treat it as a real-life game to solve the puzzle, the adventure of learning to problem-solve and test new solutions is the challenge and thrill of the game. If you can remove the heaviness or in making the stakes so high you can't bear the thought of not succeeding at every turn with every problem. One of the mottos I have in life now is, if it ain't fun, don't do it. And who's the one that gets to decide to make it fun or not? Certainly not your job's job to fulfill that obligation. It's only ever us in how we think about it, how we frame it and set it all up. The next thing we need to be aware of is the dangers of pressure. Attaching too much pressure to tasks, especially with the implications of success and failure, can drain all the fun out of the whole process. When you make success in the tasks more about validation rather than achievement, the pressure of falling short and making it mean that you're not worthy and therefore you must be less than is simply a judgment you place on yourself unnecessarily. Think of a hobby or craft you really enjoy. You're not like if I don't get that stitch in the right place, you're a nothing. Or if I don't get this painting in the National Art Gallery, what's the point? You may as well give up now. Or if I don't reel that fish in, you really don't have what it takes. 
You simply enjoy the whole process of creating and being in the moment with the thing you find enjoyable. You might go back and undo the stitch and have another go, but it doesn't crush you. You haven't attached your worth to the end product or result. It becomes an enjoyable challenge in practicing your craft, in honing your skills, and a meaningful pursuit in seeing what you can create and become. You fall in love with the process, in figuring out the puzzle and enjoying the art of creation. The next thing is to beware of misconceptions. One of the big misconceptions we fall for is that to achieve big things, we must suffer. I want to challenge this by highlighting that we can be serious about our objectives while still having fun. I'm not talking about pleasure, which is immediate, like watching a show or eating a tub of ice cream. Pleasure is a fleeting form of enjoyment, whereas deriving fun from the process of working towards a goal, which is often in the form of delayed gratification, can provide lasting satisfaction. It's also important to focus on growth, not perfection, and deciding to make it a journey about growth instead of perfection. For example, if you're preparing for an important presentation, instead of fretting about how the audience will react or if you'll win their approval or get it all right on the night, concentrate on what you're learning. This could be about the topic, about the presentation techniques, or even about managing nerves. Over time, these skills will accumulate and serve you well, regardless of what others think or whether you did it perfect or not. Try and maintain a balanced perspective. Whatever journey we take on, and especially when we venture out of our comfort corner and take on something we think is beyond our skill set or capacity, it's essential to maintain a balanced perspective of life by taking a 50-foot thousand view of something and asking yourself, at the end of the day, at the end of my life, does this really matter? Having lost a husband at a young age to cancer, it really helped me to see the importance of keeping the bigger picture of things, of everything, in perspective as a daily awareness practice. When you see firsthand the fleeting nature of life and what little amount of time we have here on earth to explore and discover all that life has to offer, you start to see that the things we think that are big and serious and important are really quite small. And yet the small things we take for granted as being unimportant and inconsequential turn out to be the really big things. Balance your perspective out with different timescales. Take an earthly hour and compare that to the universal clock and from different viewpoints by taking it out 5, 20, 50 years from now. When your time is up, it all helps to realise that life is short and we therefore need to make it fun or don't do it, but you do so at the risk of missing out altogether. The other helpful skill is to stay present. Stay present and avoid overthinking about the future implications of the promotion. Instead, stay in the moment and find ways 
to make each task enjoyable. For example, when you're working on a team project or performance review, it's easy to drift into thoughts like, if this project or review isn't successful, I might not get that bonus or some other favorable outcome. Instead, immerse yourself in the task at hand. Engage in brainstorming sessions. Relish the team interactions and celebrate the small victories along the way. This will help to keep anxiety at bay and can also lead to more creative ways for achieving the outcomes the next time round. I like to describe anxiety as an acronym for FEAR, which stands for Future Events Appearing Real. When you stay in the present moment, you stop projecting out into the future. And you make it all about getting the most out of this moment, whether that's a learning, a growth opportunity, or a moment of connection with the teammates. Keep as much of your conscious awareness as you can in the present moment. Another tool is to remain curious and stay open to all the possibilities that could exist for any particular situation or circumstance. This can help to significantly influence how you perceive the challenges and will therefore make the journey much more enjoyable. Everyone has those days when everything seems to go wrong. Your computer crashes or a colleague provides harsh feedback. Instead of spiraling into negativity and throwing a generalized blanket of nothing is working out over everything, we can take a deep breath and reframe our thoughts. The computer hiccup can give us a break to stretch, or this feedback will only make my project stronger. It's the ability to do all of these things which ultimately determines our progress and success. And none of the things I've mentioned here are a technical part or know-how of a job. You could tick all the technical boxes, but if you can't execute these cognitive tasks, success will inevitably be short-lived. The ability to perform these cognitive exercises is available to everyone. And intelligence doesn't really pay a part in any of it. It's conscious awareness that's being called upon here to respond instead of react, to examine our thoughts and choose deliberately, to pause and reflect on the bigger picture to intentionally create an ethos of fun and enjoyment over seriousness and heaviness, to become a curious detective or cling to the only one way of seeing something. Everyone has the power of decision and choice in the matter. Changing our perspective about work and the goals associated with it can bring about a profound paradigm shift. It's not about downplaying the seriousness of the task, but about infusing joy and fun into the process and alleviating undue pressure. Imagine approaching work as you would your favourite hobby, whether it's gardening, painting or playing a sport. The main drive isn't always the end product, a beautiful garden, a finished painting or winning the game. The joy is in the process. Likewise, in the workplace, we can enjoy the journey itself that is filled with growth and learning and in becoming, which is invaluable. So seize the day 
for life is short and don't forget to enjoy the ride. Take care. We'll see you soon. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out Mind Scholars. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of this work to a much deeper level. We study it and then apply it to the everyday in every way. So if you want to take your life to a whole new level, join me in Mind Scholars over at themindmanual.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you there.